I couldn't even imagine doing that at all. I'm looking forward to putting Brady into retirement again. Have you ever put an e-pill up your butt? <laughs> no. And no putting pills up the butt. Yep. Um, I would think that all of it's overrated. Yes, I would go with that. And <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome to, if you're a first time listener, this is Willie Show Recovery Stories. I am Willie. What the heck's a Willie? What is a Willie? I don't know. Willie is a grateful garbage head in recovery. What do I do? I talk to drug addicts, I talk to alcoholics. We talk about. What the hell happened to us? Where'd we come from? What kind of drugs did we do? What did it feel like? And then all of a sudden, bam! We were thrown into this foray of new information and given a design for living, and all of a sudden they call that recovery, and here we are now today, happy as heck to share that message with other people. That's basically the gist of what goes on on this program. Um, it's Saturday morning. It's gorgeous outside. It's gorgeous outside. The grass is green. The dandelions are blowing in the wind. The temperature's coming up. I'm sitting here grateful on a Saturday morning. I'm not hungover. I haven't been up for four days tweaking out. Uh, what else is going on? What else is going on? I got a call from... Uh, a friend who wants to go to his first meeting. So, like, I'm, I'm, I am on top of the world right now. And that's great, man. And it's all the gifts and the miracles of. Um... Well, here's the thing. You want to get to this point. First thing you got to do is a whole lot of drugs or a whole lot of alcohol. Completely screw up your life. Make sure that nobody trusts you anymore. Convince everybody that uh, you're spiraling out of control. And then someone's going to reach out to you and uh, try to give you some help. And then you got to accept that help. And you got to dive in head first into the world of recovery and then spend years going in and out and then completely freak out and lose your mind and then get it all back together and do a lot of service and get a sponsor, get a sponsor, whatever. And then fucking everything. Just all of a sudden you wake up one morning and you've been podcasting for 15 weeks and you're meeting alcoholics and addicts from all around the world and you feel fantastic. So that is the exact blueprint if you want to be a grateful garbage head in recovery. Uh, doing a podcast and you know the thing about podcasting is everybody should be podcasting like if this shouldn't be if this is the only podcast that you're listening to you need to go out there and start your own podcast like we have this opportunity in today's world where they will just give us a platform if so we take it and here i am taking the platform and loving it man this has been a fantastic journey and i've been on this journey with you so we like to hear from you guys. We like emails. Please email us at willyshowpodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram. Um, if you've liked our past couple co-hosts, we've had my son on. We've had my mom on. We've had Webmaster Zeta, my, my special lady friend. I thought we were going to have Uncle Danny on this week, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. So today's show, very simple, very incredible show. We got Jake and... <laughs> Dude, it took me, uh, so 
I was, I'm on Facebook, I'm doom scrolling, right? And I come across this like sermon. And I'm like, duh, I know who that is. And this guy, he's up there and he's on, he's in a church and he's, 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 he's giving out like some words. And I'm like, whoa, that's Jake, man. That's Jake. So I had this idea in my head. I was like, wow, I know Jake. He's in recovery. He's a dude I look up to. Like, I wonder if we could have this honest conversation about recovery and Christianity without being offensive, without, um, you know, belittling anybody without like, I wonder if I could find out how this man uses uh, his his religion um, to help him with his daily life and his spirituality and recovery. So I'm talking to Jake and I'm ripping it up and and and, and you'll hear it about 45 minutes in the conversation. I'm cursing, talking about drugs. I'm bring, and all of a sudden I realize Jake's a pastor. Oh man. And <laughs> and what's cool about that is I'm glad it took me 45 minutes to realize that because had I realized that Jake was a pastor, I probably would have talked to him like a pastor for the entirety of the interview. But what I did do instead was talk to him like another alcoholic or another addict. And so I think we got a really good conversation, and I'm really excited to present it to you guys. And... um yeah, we got a lot of crazy stuff cooking up for the next couple of weeks. Like, it's just going to be bing, bang, boom. And uh, we're going to have Zeta back. We're going to have Uncle Danny back. Maybe some new co-hosts. Maybe some, you know, I know I've promised you guys some things. But uh, it's Saturday morning. It's beautiful out. I got, like, purple. I'm looking at purple lilac bushes. And I'm looking at. An open field, and it's like that's how that's how the world is to me today. So I'm gonna go light the world on fire while you guys listen to this, and I'll see you on the other end of this week's edition of Garbage Head Fairy Tales with Jake. There we are. What's up, buddy? Man, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing real good, man. Just deal with these allergies. Oh boy. Yeah. Tis the season. That's right. Other than that, I'm doing good. It's an absolutely beautiful day outside. It is. Yeah. So I guess you know it's like a double-edged sword for you, though, right? It gets gorgeous, but then, yeah. then here it comes. So welcome to our little program. Yeah, it's cool, man. Cool and- you did it. And uh, first off, I just have to say thank you because I I assumed you knew that I was doing a podcast, so I asked you to come on the podcast, and I think your response was like, "What podcast? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about?" Yeah, I had no idea. So, do you have any questions about what what I am and what what we're doing here? A little, yeah, you know, just give me an overview. I mean, I think I got it from that clip that you that you sent me, but. Just yeah, we're on the same page. So it's it's recovery story. So it's um, exploring addiction and recovery through inspiring personal accounts. Uh, we do our best to um, honor all the traditions in our little you know club that we attend, the twelve step club. Uh, you know, so I do I do I do like to keep those traditions sacred in my heart. So I do the best I can not to violate anything like that. But at the same time. Um, you know, 
we talk about what the hell happened, like what life was like and uh, where we're at now. And hopefully, hopefully when someone listens to this, and that's been the my experience with the feedback, is that people get little tidbits that help them in their daily life. Nice. You know, wherever they are, there's people that listen that are sober with program, people that listen that are sober without program, not something I've ever recommended. People that are yeah. sober curious, there's people that listen that are using. Yeah. So it's a it's a wide spectrum. It's awesome, man. It's really cool. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Glad so, to be a part of it. Awesome. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? So I'm uh I'm Jake J, keeping with the traditions, right? Jake J. Yeah, Jake J. New to the newer to the Hudson Valley area, I guess. I've been here three years now. Uh-huh. So not so new, but newer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, where do you come raised, born and raised in Buffalo, New York. Okay. Whoa. We had a guest on a couple of weeks ago and she said in Buffalo, they don't measure snow by inches. That's right. Measure it by feet. Yeah. We, That's... we laughed, we laughed down here, all the school closings that we had that my daughter has and me and my wife are looking at each other going, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah, 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 yeah. What does it take to close school in Buffalo? It takes a lot. I mean, it, usually the way it goes in Buffalo is if you know a storm a storm is coming, you just know to set your alarm about an hour early so you can dig out because your work's open, school's open. Because it, it snows so much there that right. if they closed every time it snowed, nothing would be open all winter. So they just keep you just keep moving. What's the most snow you've seen? Oh, man, I would say, well, we had, so the blizzard of 77 is the famous one. That was before my time. That yeah. was snow, that was snow drifts that actually covered the top of lampposts. It was higher than houses. Jesus. The whole houses were getting buried in. I didn't obviously live through that, but I've, I've gotten some pretty close ones. I think October, the October surprise storm was the, was the worst one because we had a terrible blizzard. Uh, in October, and it was before the leaves were able to fall off the trees. Uh-huh. So all the trees had their leaves, so all the snow on top of that made the trees too heavy. And it was just, I mean, trees were just going down everywhere. On people's yeah. houses, cars, in the middle of the road. It was crazy. So born and raised in Buffalo. Josh Allen fan? Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Bill's Mafia. I'm a Giants <laughs> fan, but the, the Giants people don't hate the Buffalo Bills, because I mean, look what you look what you recently gave us. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. we have the coach we've always been looking for. Yeah, as a just direct result of the Buffalo Bills. Yes, we were sad to see him go, but uh, wished him luck. He's having a lot of success there, which is cool. Yeah, that's definitely cool. I mean, it's exactly what we needed. But anyways, this isn't the show about uh, NFL football. Even though I might make a separate podcast about football one day, I love, <laughs> you know what I mean. But um, so, what was it like growing up for you in Buffalo? So I was uh, I was um, born in Riverside, uh, raised in Riverside, which is a low income neighborhood. It's known, probably you would know it best if I called it kind of a white trash neighborhood. We were white trash. Okay. Um, um, and so yeah, I mean I was born of an alcoholic. My dad was an alcoholic, violent, violent drunk. My mother's not an alcoholic. Um, uh, but yeah, but I, so yeah, we grew up, it was tough, man. It was tough growing up as a kid. I was abused, watched my mom get abused. Um, 
And then, you know, you'd, I would I would just try to be outside as much as I possibly could. So I'd go outside and I would I would learn from the older kids. I mean, I grew up with older kids. Uh, yeah, brothers and uh, sisters, only child? Little sister. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have a little sister. She's about three and a half years younger than I am. Okay. Yeah. And she's not as blessed. I mean, she's still she's still out there hacking it up, man. Mm-hmm. So. But you love her. Yeah. I love her. I love her to pieces, yeah. 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 No. Yeah. So you grew up in the time period of fucking go outside and come home by dinner time? Yeah. It was yeah. the 80s. So it was like your parents didn't even know where you were you didn't know where you were at the time <laughs> yeah 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 and it'd be was, time to go home he'd be like looking around uh where do i live yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so when does when does um when does so first off i don't know much about i mean we've met uh through service yeah you know i've known you about a year but i really don't know your story i don't know much about i mean you know i don't know if drugs are part of your story i don't know if it was strictly an alcohol thing we'll get there you yeah. know, um, but what was your first experience uh, with using? So I was 11 years old and uh, I was I was with three of my buddies and I broke into my grandfather's bar. Mm-hmm. He had a bar in his home, broke it. I grabbed a bottle of solid comfort. Now, I didn't do that on purpose. I just grabbed anything. I didn't know the difference between Southern Comfort and vodka and anything. <laughs> right. So I, I just grabbed Southern Comfort and we went up to the park when there was this alley uh, near the park. So we went down in that into that alley and uh, yeah, I cracked that thing open. And I had told you know I was playing bravado. I told my buddies, oh yeah, I, I drink. You know, this is like the eighth time I've drank and yeah. and all this stuff and and I never drank before. So when that Southern Comfort hit my lips, man, and went down my throat, I was like. I was in tears. I'm trying not to choke and cough. I'm like, holy smoke. I did. I, you weren't know, ready. You weren't ready. <laughs> you, had a, you had a preconception, but you didn't know. No, I was like, holy cow. Uh, and then, of course, went around the, the the circle there. They all choked and it got back around to me. And I'm not going to I'm not going to wuss out in front of them. So I took another pull off a bit. Yeah. And it was still rough, man. But I found it wasn't quite as bad as the first pull and the third pull wasn't bad as the the first two and the fourth pull was even better and I, somewhere pulling off that bottle of southern comfort i discovered that i absolutely loved the effect produced by alcohol what it did for you what it did for me do you remember loved what it. it did for you in that moment yeah so you know you hear speakers say it i think it's a good way of describing it it just it gave you that <sighs> Right, mm-hmm. that sigh, that that mm-hmm. that I, I didn't even you know, it fed it 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 fed the thing in me that was starving that nothing else seemed to feed. Mm-hmm. You know, up to that point. And I had and by the time I'm eleven years old, I'm I'm a known thief. I'm filled with anger and rage and all this stuff. And, so trouble and of, so trouble was part of your life. Without a doubt. Yeah. Self inflicted trouble. Yes. People yeah, were saying, you know, Jake, he gets into all sorts of shit. Yeah, oh yeah. I was, by the time I'm seven, I'm see, I'm seeing the psychiatrist. Okay. Yeah. 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 That kind of just not right, broken, miswired. Did you, did you have a healthy fear of alcohol? Did were you aware of your dad's drinking to where you thought, hey, you know? Yeah, I swore I wouldn't be like him. I swore I will not be like my old man. 
but, but still at the but, same time, 11 years old. I mean, I did the same. I had a lick. You know, it's like yeah. I'm identifying hardcore right off the gate. This was my experience, you know. Yeah. I learned quick after that, uh, you take brown bottles. Yeah. Clear bottles, you fill back up and hope yeah. for the best. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was my motto as a kid. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, no, same thing. I swore I'm not going to be like my old man. I knew what alcohol had done to him. By this point, he wasn't even in my life. He wasn't really even in the picture. Um, but I had a hate for him. Man, oh, man. Murderous hate. Uh, Murderous hate. Yeah, but I, but it still didn't deter me, my curiosity. and. Were you and, close with your mom? Yeah, I was. And I, and always, I always describe it like this. So my, my sister became a real problem in the home. She would give my 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 mom a ton of a lot of hard time, um, and I understood my mom's position where she's a single mother, and I was responsible for my sister a lot of the time because uh, my mom had to go to work, mm-hmm. and so she would leave before we it was time for us to go to get on the foster to walk to school, mm-hmm. and so I would have to do all that stuff that that she otherwise would have done, and then of course she comes home way after we get home. So you felt yourself taking on a, a parental role in a sense. I did, and I never wanted to give my mom any more of a hard time than I could already clearly see that that she was in. However, I I, I did inevitably because sure. the trouble I got out in outside of the home obviously made it back to her and stressed her out something fierce, which was never my intention. But yeah, it's the way it played out. So, eleven years old, you get into the Southern Comfort. You get you 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 get the effect produced by alcohol. It's phenomenal. Do you chase it immediately? What's your relationship with like with alcohol in yeah. the beginning? Yeah. So, you know, we talk about the obsession to drink. And the obsession at that point wasn't um wasn't as strong as it would soon be. But man, it was there. It was the, mm-hmm. in the back of my head. And mm-hmm. it was like I was looking for another opportunity. So it wasn't like I got drunk every day after that or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. At eleven it's a little tough anyway. Yeah. Um but you know, no, I, I mean the obsession. If I when I'm looking back at it now, yeah, the obsession was there right out of the gate, man. I was looking for that next opportunity. I wasn't going to miss it. Mm-hmm. And the next opportunity was there was weed there. Yeah. Uh, and so, so the yeah. second time I did it, I, I smoked for the first time and drank for the second time, and um, and so loved it. I people don't really talk about this a lot, but um, growing up, I had my friends that were drinkers. You know, and then the the friends I eventually wound up with, we we smoked when we drank, and we mm-hmm. drank when we smoked. For some people, that was like an impossibility. Yeah. Uh, um, were you able to do that? So I actually preferred it because the third time I me drank, too. Yeah, the third time I drank, I got into I blacked out. I got into seven fights. Including, and I was in middle school at the time. I got my last fight wasn't much of a fight. It was me getting pounded by a high schooler because I went up to the high school and started yeah. talking smack. Yeah, uh, and, I, and I ended up getting my stomach pumped. That was the third time I ever drank. Drinking so the charcoal. I, yeah, all the, yeah. You remember yeah. that? You remember oh, that yeah. thick, yeah. delicious flavor of charcoal? Yes. yes. Oh man, that stuff's yeah. rough. Yeah, no, that was, yeah. So, so what I figured out and I was immediately, so here's the obsession, right? The obsession isn't to not drink. Most people would go through that and go, no, Dude, I'm, I'm not done. doing that again. I'm done. Yeah. I made a mistake. My mind, my mind went to, okay, 
how can I control and enjoy my drinking, right? This is the great obsession of, of the alcoholic. I, how old do you think I, you are at this point? 11, 12. All right, 11, 12, you're already trying to control your drinking. Already trying, man. I, gotcha. I, and, and I came up with, if weed mellowed me out. So if I smoked weed and drank on top of it, I'd get the drunk feeling without blowing buck wild. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And so that's why. A hundred percent. Now you can have uh, a yeah. couple cans. Yeah. Small. I, was it blunts in Buffalo? Was it joints yeah, oh, in yeah. Buffalo? Bu- blunts. Buffalo's blunts. Yeah. Yeah. What was the music of the time? Oh, it's hip hop all the way through. Through and through. What, yeah. what hip hop? Is it New York well, hip hop? Is it? Yeah. I mean, it's it's everything. Yeah, it was everything. It okay. Was, yeah, it was everything. I mean, when we were in sixth grade, that's when uh, the Chronic and Dog Oh, was... yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. West Coast flavor. And then, of course, Wu-Tang came out. So I was East wondering Coast that. Coast. There's something yeah. about you that yeah. comes off as a Wu-Tang fan. Oh, all, all, all the way. 100%. All the way, yeah. So there is a fucking ghost face. And this has nothing to do with podcasting, and but there is a ghost face killer show coming up in Wappinger's Falls at a small venue, dude. Really? Doesn't that sound like fun? Yes, as a, it does. As a sober human being, an yes. intimate ghost face show? Yes. I got yes. to meet I got to meet Ghostface in active alcoholism. There's a picture of me and Ghostface at a and my wife at a gyro stand and I'm wearing a tie-dye Wu-Tang shirt. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, that's awesome. He's huge. He's a huge yeah, no, seen him. I've, I've actually seen Wu-Tang together probably four times and I've seen them individually a whole bunch of times. Yes. More no more than uh the genius. I've seen the genius probably half a dozen times. Get out of here. Yeah. Is yeah. that your favorite? Is that your was is that, you know, your favorite? What's your all right, what's your favorite Wu Tang album? And it could be uh, any and it can be any member of so we're talking ghost yeah, you know, yeah. anything. Yeah. I mean you can't I mean obviously there's the purple tape, there's mm-hmm. liquid swords. I was gonna uh, say I was, yeah, liquid swords is a masterpiece. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then uh built only for cuban links i mean it's yeah. it's everybody's favorite it's my favorite man those those yeah. albums yeah. just can't and obviously th- enter the 36 chambers always be special of to course me, the first time i ever heard that man i was like mm-hmm. mr chess like boxing fucking oh, that's everything my favorite song of all time yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. so okay. yeah <laughs> and i think you know it's funny because you know the soundtrack of our life is so tied to our alcoholism and you know yeah and hip-hop and blunts and so what were you drinking what were you getting your hands on? 13, 14, 15, Man, 16? Anything and everything. Anything and everything. I prefer, So most of it, though, most of my drinking was either St. Ives or Old English. Yep. And the, the reason was... Molson Ice? Any well, Molson yeah, Ice in there? Oh, yeah, a little bit of that, sure. <laughs> but we like the 40 ounces because you can yeah. you could walk around the neighborhood. Yeah. That way, if you got a if you got a twelve pack or a six pack, you know it's a little yeah. tougher to walk around with a forty. Do you remember? Right. I distinctly remember. It's Wu Tang that's got me thinking this. Do I, we used to stop at the the payphone? Yeah. To roll up. Yeah. Do you remember pretending to be on a payphone oh, yeah. and cracking oh, yeah. a Dutch or a Philly or whatever? I don't know. Yeah. You, we were Dutch masters and uh, yeah. and rolling up, you know, that keep yeah. keep going with the walk and. Yeah, absolutely. And we used to yeah. we'd sit on the back then they had the um the newspaper boxes because the kids uh-huh. used to deliver that so they'd have the newspaper boxes at the convenience store. So we'd sit on that and we would just ask everybody coming in, will you buy us alcohol? Will you buy us sure. alcohol? And eventually you get somebody willing to do it for whatever reason. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
great. It's fun. It's good. It you know it makes you smile thinking about the nostalgia yeah. of it because it wasn't yeah. always miserable. And for for me, it was the escape from the way I felt about myself. Yes, yes. You know? absolutely. I mean, I could you know I always felt like an outsider, but when I was drinking and smoking weed, it didn't matter anymore. I felt mm-hmm. just perfectly. Honestly, it's funny. That's when I felt present in the moment. Yes. As a kid, yep. smoking blunts, you know, driving around, freestyling, drinking for whatever. Yeah. I felt like I was right there and then with my peers. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That, although I always took it further than them. Yeah. 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 Well, even, and I knew, man, this little things like, so sitting on the newspaper box, we'd sit there for an hour, hour and a half. My buddies would be ready to give up. Well, let's go find something else to do. And I remember thinking there there's nothing else to do if we can't get alcohol right like right what it meant to me it meant more to me than it did to them and, right. I, and I began to see that even early on like how could you not like this is what we're doing if it takes me eight hours this is what we're doing it's either that or game over or game over right? yeah i might as well go home go, go and home deal with my done. terrible life yeah 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 so so what's trouble looking like in your in your high school yeah, so I mean, dude, I'm really so honestly, I got sober when I'm 16 years old. For the first time? For the first time. So most of my trouble was in was in middle school. I ended up getting kicked out of middle school. Um, so this is what middle school looked like. Seventh grade. Seventh grade, there was a buddy of mine. This is funny. Mm-hmm. So then my buddy Joe. Joe was like he was like a, an alcohol dealer, right? He always, <laughs> if you needed alcohol, you go to Joe, he had, you had covered. So he was always walking around with money and stuff and alcohol. And he wasn't that big of a dude. So he came to me and he said, listen, will you protect me? And in, re- and in return, I'll give you a free bottle of alcohol every day. I'm like, yeah, yes. This right. Is great. So er- early in the morning, my mom would leave for work. She would leave. And then Joe would come. A couple other guys would come and we'd all smoke. But I would drink. They wouldn't drink, but I would. Joe would have the bottle, give me the bottle, and I'd be sucking on the booze while smoking. And uh, what makes it funny is, to this Joe, to this day, owns a liquor store. So he, <laughs> He's he still an alcohol dealer. Alcohol He's the man. <laughs> yeah. For me, that for me, listening to this real quick, it's like the Bill Wilson. I had arrived, but you're right. just like having the booze with the blunt. Yes. To me, that's an I had arrived. Yes. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd be walking into school half in the bag, high, high as could be mm-hmm. every day, every day. And it actually kept me out of trouble, man. It kept yeah. me out of oh, trouble. Yeah. But before then, I was nothing but trouble. So I think a lot of the teachers, they could clearly see that I was high. I was messed up, but they didn't say anything because I was being quiet. Mm-hmm. And they're like, man, quiet Jake is better than, than not quiet Jake. And so we're not going to stir, stir the pot. Um, but it got it just got to the point where um you know trouble would still come and and then i got kicked out of that school and sent to an alternative school and at that point i'm like i just don't need school i just don't need school and so i I quit going Mm -hmm. i just quit going to school and um around that same time so and it was bad too because my mom so my my mom had remarried stepdad wonderful guy and my little sister um, so the way that looked is every night, my mom would sleep on one side of the bed, my, my stepdad on the other side of the bed and my little sister would sleep in between them. 
and they mm-hmm. they each there was a baseball bat on both sides of the bed and there was a firearm it was a pistol at the foot of the bed and look that family went to bed every night terrified because they didn't know where i was who i was running around with who i owed what to what they were willing to do to, to get at me or even what kind of condition i'd come home in mm-hmm. and so they uh they had enough of that and they ended up kicking me out. Um, so now I'm here. I am what, 15 years old It's January, February streets of Buffalo. I've got nowhere to go. I went from one of those popular kids. You can go anywhere. to like, nobody would have me. Um, and I just want, I wandered the streets. I panhandled, I mugged. I, um, you're broken inside bro- broken. And yeah, I mean, I'm, well beyond what a 15 year old should be experiencing at that You're point. Feel, you have no feeling your feeling of self-worth is gone i don't even i don't even remember having feeling dude i i remember ripping so you're surviving i'm you're surviving, surviving and i'm hurting people and i'm is there feeling any sick. other drugs is there any other dr- is there just weed and alcohol it's just weed and alcohol man yeah that's that's really it that's it's all, all you needed i mean we did some acid when it was in town sure. we did shrooms sure. here and sure. there there was a little opium at one point, but not much. But it was weed and alcohol were always there. That's always there, right? Those are the yeah. staples. Like, yeah, and like it, I, I love any other fun thing. Sure, but it was, but I meant I kind of assumed, you know, a little bit of mushrooms, a little bit of acid. Acid was yeah. hard to come by that time yeah. period. Yeah, um, but it wasn't cocaine. It wasn't heroin. It wasn't no. fucking. Well, and these pills weren't around back then either. Like they are. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it didn't happen. They weren't. Never it wasn't popular. It wasn't popular. Like no. I mean, I mean, it, for me, like uh, you know, if someone had Valiums, I'd take a couple. If someone had Vicodins, because yeah. like it said on the bottle, like drinking alcohol will increase the effect, right? Which is a fucking incredible advertisement for a kid like me. Yes, absolutely. It's like, oh yeah. well, that sounds great. You know, it's like okay, now two beers is doing what fucking eight beers used to do. Yeah, but it wasn't. It, it wasn't oxys. It wasn't. No, that no, wasn't no. my generation. No, no, we did. We didn't have any of that. Was there a lot of crack in Buffalo? There was crack, but that was a thing. Is you knew you knew don't do that. I mean, you, you knew to, right. We knew yeah. don't do that. All my yeah. friends were selling crack. Yes, you'd sell it, but you don't do it, man. You, you were cons- do- if you were ahead. You were you 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 were if you were smoking. Crack, you were looked down upon. Yeah, and yeah, people yeah. that crackhead. You yeah. want to be called a crackhead. No, yeah. and people, right, like, I got called a crackhead for smoking weed in a bowl. Right, that's fighting words. They were like, yo, bro, you sucking on that glass dick? And I'm like, because the hippies were smoking weed in bowls. Right, right. And I'm like, come on, guys, you just, you don't, you know, it's like, nah, yeah. bro, you don't do that shit. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. You don't do that. That's crackhead yeah. behavior. Yeah. Negative. Right. Mushrooms, acid, even uh, we do a little dust every now and then, like dippy cigarettes or like sure. wet, they call yeah. it. You put it in the blunt. Yep. Like, yep. everyone else yep. did it once and didn't like it. I did it once. was like, this is wonderful. That's just yeah. my personality. So I can chase and I can chase anything. So, yeah, I, I'm grateful, dude. I'm grateful yeah. that those other pills were out there and the opiates. Sure. And, cause, man, I Because it was culture when they were out, it became culturally acceptable. Yeah. And so I've done them. I don't know if you had this experience. Do you remember watching people that sold crack and would never touch their own product? We smoked weed. We drank Bacardi, dark, blah, blah. But when the pills came out, yeah. the dealers were doing their own pills. Yes. And I don't know what I don't know when the switch flipped. 
Yeah. Because by then, my life had changed. I was outside of, you know what I mean? I'm a fit, you know. But so, at some point, the dealers were doing their own product, and I don't know when yeah. that happened. Yeah, I don't either. Because like you said, either. Crack was like, dude, you didn't, you didn't fuck with that shit. No. No, but it, it all it all changed, and then same with I mean, yeah. heroin. I mean, in my later using, you know, th- things are different. I'm just talking about high school. Yeah, no, it wasn't there, and then, I'm grateful for it because, like I said, yeah. man, look where I ended up on weed and alcohol. I didn't need no, I didn't need no help, man. <laughs> no, man, no, man. I would have been in big trouble. I mean, I got into yeah. big trouble later. I'm just, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm in so my mind, worse. I'm in that time period. So yeah, yeah. So you get sober at 16. How? Yeah, so I, so I ended up I ended up pulling off this um, this purse snatching, and I was dr- I was like I wasn't drunk I was drunky you know what I mean I'm like <laughs> yeah. four beers drunk yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah, yeah. really yeah and so I just wasn't thinking straight I had been and dude you get you man talking about lonely and cold and tired I mean months of just being no no place to go yeah I was tired. And and this cop pulled up beside of me, and um, I was notorious for running. So he immediately jumps out, and he says, Jake, don't run. And, man, like I said, I just was – I was tired enough to just – I just didn't have it in me. I didn't have it in me. So I got in the cop car. And I had I had uh, seven, seven or eight warrants out for my arrest at that point. Mm-hmm. So I get into the cop car, and uh, as soon as I get in, the purse snatching goes over the radio. It's called in. He turns around, he looks at me, and he goes, "That was you." And I wasn't. I was insulted that he said that he thought that I had did that purse snatching, which of course I did. But I generally was insulted. Um, <laughs> right, 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 right. It all checks out. So he brings me back to the scene of the crime. I'm possibly ID'd by like 25 people. So game over. I go into um, into Ferry, which is a detention center, horrible place at the time. It did a lot of work with it since, but at the time it was literally run by inmates. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, y- your superiors, the people supposed to be taken after you, are like literally just you, but older, right? I mean, just craziness, craziness, lots of fighting and everything else went on in there. Um, I get out of that to speed up. I get out of that on a black ankle bracelet parole. So you're so so, but the important part of that is you're sober in this detention center. I'm sober in the detention center. Yeah. As a result of almost no other option. Uh, there was no other option. It was right. It was like I mean, yeah. for you to acquire something in this detention center required. Uh, it probably happened. There was probably a period like you probably got something at some point, but it wasn't easy. It wasn't the norm. It, was very yeah it was very difficult very yeah. difficult yeah. yeah yeah so yeah no i'm i'm in there and uh they, they kept man i'm telling you they kept this this baptist baptist church kept coming in there once a week and i'd go i'd go to everything because why man, not what else you got something to do, to do. Right? something to do and i wanted nothing to do with god dude nothing to do with god if god even existed i didn't want nothing to do with him and that was my attitude but i went to, this, to these little baptist things and they would uh they would try to give me a Bible every week. And my buddy and I kept saying no. And my buddy was like, dude, grab a Bible. You got court coming up. I'm like, what's that got to do with it? He's like, dude, you take the Bible and you stand in front of the judge holding the Bible. And, and it makes you look like you're, you know, you're reformed yeah. or, or you know. Was it fun? was the was the Baptist scene fun? Were they singing? Was there yeah. music? Yeah, it was rowdy. It was like it was yeah, rowdy, was, the hallelujahs yeah. are coming. Yeah. Like, yeah. cause you know, I, I went to churches that were like as a kid and it was like 
quiet and the choir. And like the first time I went to like a like something like that, I was like, whoa, what? There's yeah. a dude playing guitar. Like she just got up. She just stood up and screamed something like, she, we're not allowed to do that. She, like, lady, sit down. You're like, I right. can't, but you're not allowed to do that. But the Baptist scene is like, oh, yeah. They're, yeah, they're lit talking up. At the preacher. Yeah. They're yes. talking at the preacher. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is weird. So it was entertaining. It was yeah. entertaining. Right. And that's how I grabbed my first Bible that way because I just wanted to impress the. I never thought I'd read it. I ended up reading the thing. Right. Right. Because I had right. nothing else to do. Right. Uh, but I didn't, it didn't make me, it didn't, I didn't, I thought it was an interesting story. First time I ever really read anything about, G I didn't know nothing about Jesus or anything. Um, so I was like, all right, I mean, it's no big deal. Um, but I get out of there sober, like you said, sober. And this is the crazy thing about it. So this is where I get, I sometimes frust get frustrated with, with our, our club. Sure. Uh, because so many times I hear what's being offered to the newcomer, the person trying to get sober is sane, sane and sound advice. Like, like um, before you pick up the first drink, remember how bad it was, you right, know, right, and right, things right, like that. Right, right, right. And, and, and to me, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I hate that. Right. I, if I was, if I was sane and sound where alcohol was con concerned, then I would be right, able to do that. Right. But where alcohol is concerned, I'm strangely insane. And when I see alcohol, which is in the which is in the literature, you're just talking about the advice given from pal pal to pal. Exactly, you hear it at, yeah. the, at the table. Remembering the last drunk does not help me. Not sufficient. Playing no. the tape does no. not work for me. I no. will play the tape. I will know the misery's coming. Yes. And there was a speaker today that said, um. He, his right hand turned the wheel. The car went into this beverage center, and yeah. and he and he, and he didn't think to do this thing. Right? No. No. And a, exactly. a normal person's gonna say, "Bullshit." But me in my chair, I'm like, "Yeah, bro, I yeah. know that. Yeah. I done. That. I've blacked I've out. On, I've yeah. blacked out on my way to get drugs. Yeah. Not yeah. after oh. I had the drugs. No. I blacked yeah. out on my way." Fuck you, program. Fuck you, you know, sponsor yeah. thing. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what happened to me right there, dude. I'm I'm out on parole for a week. And mm -hmm. two guys show up to my house. My buddy says, have you celebrated? He opened up his jacket pocket. There was a bottle of alcohol in his jacket pocket. I look at that alcohol a week removed from incarceration, the craziness that went on in there, from being homelessness, all the hell that that was. All as a result of drinking, knowing that if I drink, I violate and go back to all. Of so it. you, so you do connect the drink with trouble. Well, th at that time, least. at that time, you knew it. You did have the thought of, okay, this does get me trouble, but it doesn't matter. But it wasn't. Yeah, it just wasn't enough. Like I, I, I saw, I saw that, um, and of course, that was what was being told to me over and over again. Okay. So it's been you know, drilled. So how you. much I completely saw it, or or is just you know I started to see the point, but right the programming of it, yeah. But when I look at alcohol, even on the heels of all that trouble, I don't see trouble. What I see is relief. Mm -hmm. I see what that bottle had. That same bottle that what happened to me when I drank that Southern Comfort, that same feeling produced that I fell in love with. That's what I see. In other words, you don't care what it's going to do to you. No, you know what it's going to do for you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So I drink, I get drunk, sets off that obsession, that that craving, and um, yeah, I'm off and running again, dude. We'll week oh, out. Oh, yeah.
a week out. What's that yeah. looking like? Or what's that yeah. feeling like? So he gets, I get, I get into some scrapes and some trouble. And, uh, and then actually during that period, I actually developed a desire to not drink. I really started to see like what you're talking. I really started to see where alcohol and it wasn't, it didn't do the same thing as it once did for me. Right. Gotcha. And I I used to say, I used to say alcohol stopped working for me. And this guy corrected me and I love him for it. He said, alcohol did what alcohol always did. What happened was your alcoholism progressed to the point where you couldn't even treat it with alcohol anymore. And I thought that that was a lot more accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got goosebumps with that yeah. one. I haven't yeah. heard it put that way, but that is. Yeah. Yeah. So right. that's how I say it from now on. Because, I mean, he, I thought he had to nail around the head with that. That's exactly what happened. Is yeah. that I was being so sick in my alcoholism that not I couldn't even treat it with alcohol anymore. But with the same effectiveness that I right. once did. Yeah. Yeah. You can black out. You can, you can, yeah. you can fail a DWI. It right. works like right. that. Right. But, but it's it not treating what's going on with your heart. Yes. With your yeah. soul. Yeah. It's not yeah, connecting like, your head to your heart anymore. No, it's like you said, it used to bring me in the moment. It no longer was. I was never, I wasn't no longer having those right. in the moment. Right. Right. We're I not was, listening. We're not, <laughs> we're not listening to protect your neck and, and, and getting right. excited about silver haze coming to town. Right. Right. No, right. no, exactly. not at all. Yeah. yeah no, no. Yeah. No. So I ended up, I ended up violating, dude. This is a, this is a heck of a scene. So I went out, I got blacked out. Mm-hmm. Don't remember that. So I black out. I come to with my pro officer in full uniform kicking me in the basement because I was living, they, they threw a mattress in the big corner of the basement. That's where I was mm-hmm. living. My parents did. So he's kicking me on the, I'm on the floor of the mattress. He's kicking me and he wants to know what the hell happened last night. Of course, and if I get, if I, if I tell him I went out drinking, I'm done. He's putting the cuffs on me right there. So I don't know what I said, but you know, we got this magical way with our mouths, man. Oh, we can hell spin yeah. things, and... especially with police. Yes. Oh goodness. Yes. I sober up in front of cops. Oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. got pulled over drunk one time after after driving from Wappingers Falls. I won't get too detailed in that story. It's going though. I get pulled over by a cop. I'm drunk. I'm in the favorite part of my song. I'm smoking weed. I'm just get that smoking bowl. I get pulled over. My wife's sitting there. Cop pulls down the window. He's like, smell alcohol. He's like, have you been drinking? I was like, well, you definitely smell alcohol because she's fucking drunk. Look at her. I was like, I don't drink. He goes, what do you mean? I said, I never drank. Just not something I do. Anyway. <laughs> you know, I'm fucking wasted. Anyway, I got I, it worked. I don't know why, but anyway, point is, yeah, you know, yeah. here's the cop. Yeah. He's kicking you, Same thing. and Same thing. you got yeah. the magic mouth. Some I spun something enough, man, to get me out of it, and uh, and I was, man, I was like, that's it, that's it. I'm done. I'm not drinking anymore. I'm done, uh, and I meant it. I, mm-hmm. I, I literally, I meant it. I felt good about it. Man, here we go, and. The next three days, man, I was drunk. Three yeah. days in a row. So now you're drinking against your own will. Yeah. 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 And that was uh, then August 19th, 1997 came. Dude, I just wanted to die. I wanted to die because I knew I had that moment of clarity they talk about where I knew, like, I wasn't the exception of the rule. I've had a couple guys, friends of mine at this point, get, like, serious bids in prison. I've had I've had a couple of my buddies die on the streets. And I just always brushed it off like that won't be me. But this time, man, I saw clearly 
that's exactly who I am. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, I just didn't want to drink anymore. And um, I ended up going, I ended up walking to a, to an AA meeting. I had been going to outpatient. Wow. And I knew that there was an AA meeting there at the outpatient I attended to. And it was like that. It was like, I had the moment of clarity and the meeting was starting in an hour. First meeting? First day, first meeting ever. But you had heard about it in outpatient. I heard about it in outpatient, yeah. Okay. You know, and, my, and my parole officer was pushing for it, too. So the 12-step in someone else's heart was planted. Yep. 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 Here's this so, thing. Yes. Yes. Go go to this. Go to A. Go to A. Go to A. And get a sponsor. And I kept thinking. What is, what is your preconception about going to AA? Uh, my preconception is that it doesn't work. And here's why. My but dad you're still was, willing to go. Because I'm I got. I'm desperate. Okay. I'm desperate. Yeah. No. I'm just, I'm, it's complete active death. I don't think it's going to work. I watched my dad try it in 1988 and he smoked weed the whole time, still was an abusive asshole and ended up drinking anyways. And so I just, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to work. But I'm desperate, man. I'm desperate. I go to this meeting late to talk about which I don't know that you can pass at a meeting. I don't, I don't have any meeting etiquette. I have no idea. I hear so much grace in this part of your story. It's killing me. Oh, it's me. massive. It's, it's massive. massive. Anyways, sorry. Continue. So so it gets around to me, and I don't know that you can pass. And I don't know what to say. Yeah, and yeah. So I, so I quote Earl, Old Dirty Bastard at my first meeting about Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking I'm dropping some wisdom, right? What do you say? I said... Because they were probably talking about remember what, I'm assuming. Because I said, if you don't, if you forget where you came from, you'll never get to where you're going. Which I had read on the back of an album mm-hmm. from from Old Dirty Bastard, mm-hmm. one of the albums mm-hmm. or whatever. Which actually, pretty good. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. No, it's, it's not, not bad. bad. But, but when you're a crazy man, <laughs> you look like I look, and you're acting like I was acting, and you say that at an AA meeting, they know immediately you're at your first AA meeting. <laughs> That's great, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the meeting at the was like, okay, the meeting the hour's over. They all get up, and it looked like I wasn't sure, but it looked like they're all gonna hold a hand and pray or chant or because they were or and i'm like (laughs) nope and i just failed i went out and i'm not holding hands i'm not doing any of that i i bail out of there and uh um by the way in our club we have a tendency to do that at the end of meetings and when we do that i'm always looking around the room because i think we forget to the newcomer this thing's scary enough and I don't think we help ourselves when we're chanting and doing some of these things that might seem a little bit yeah, like, yeah. whoa, what okay. is going? You know, Josh yeah, is yeah. innocent, you know, and because and, we know better. But, man, I'm always looking at it from the newcomer's perspective because that stuff freaked me out. I didn't know what this thing really was or what you guys wanted. Um, um, so, anyhow, I blow out of that meeting and I'm running down the street. And uh, I'm walking down the street, and one of the dudes, and this is where this is where this thing, our 12 step says we carry the message. And this is a huge passion of mine, right? It doesn't say we give out our number and tell the person to call us, or we let them know where to find us, or it says no, we carry the message. We take, we have the message, we take it to the sick. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what this dude did, man. He he got he saw me leave. He prayed real quick. He shot out of there. He shot down the street, jumped in front of me and said, get in. I'll give you a ride. And I got into this guy's car. Fuck the, off. Yeah. Yeah. And for the first time, dude, he never once said to me, you shouldn't drink. You better mm-hmm. do this. You got mm-hmm. he said, I don't know about you, kid, but this is what my story is. And he mm-hmm. talked drunk to the drunk man. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. This him. is my awesome. Yeah. Jaw just was like. This is I why I love knew. alcoholics so much. I love alcoholics. I love alcoholics, bro. Yeah. Me too, man. Yeah. No. Yeah. I didn't know anybody else felt like I felt or drank like I drank. And I remember mm-hmm. going all the way back to when I'm 11 and we're sitting on the, on the, um, the um the newspaper box and they're all ready to give up and do something else and that those those little instances where i just feel so weird and alienated different mm-hmm. even with my even amongst my peers when we're doing the same thing this guy was just nailing it man bam 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 he was just like i was and he was celebrating a year sober in a couple weeks which blew me away if he would have said man i got 13 15 20 some years that i can't even register no 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 that doesn't make sense no but a Weird year, as hell. A year, a year because he f- away. right, and you had probably had a year in detention center. But here's the key word: celebrating. What do you right. mean? Right. What do you mean? Right. Celebrating a year. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And he didn't look like I looked. He wasn't acting like I was acting. He. He. But he had once felt the way you but feel now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he, he got me to make a commitment with him that he was going to be at my house the next day at 7 o'clock to get me to a meeting. And I remember thinking there was like this warfare going on inside of me. Like, I do not want to go with this guy tomorrow. But at the same <laughs> time, dude, there was this other thing going to me going, if you don't, you're dead. Right. And so there's that other, there's that other voice that you don't know. Like whoa, whoa! Where'd that one come from? I know the I know the voice that tells me that everyone's a whack job. That like, yes, where'd that yes. other one come from? Yes, what yes. is that? Yeah, yeah. So he pulled me. We went to his his home group at the time. Became my home group, and um, met lots of other people like him. And I'm not one of these people that hated AA and didn't want to go to meetings. Neither am I. I fell in love with all. And I so what? Back, so like, when it when it when is this? Is this? Did, um, not the spoiler your story, but. Is this your sobriety date? No. No. Okay. Okay. No. no. no not no, at all. Almost, but when is this? This is like this is like I'm I'm just about to be 16 years old. Wow. Um, yeah, just about to be 16, and, and so I much love, has happened in your life, dude. A ton to yeah. get to 16. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. This is why when people we do a huge disservice when we look down on a young person. Trying yeah. to get sober. Yes. You have no concept no. of what they've gone through to yep. earn their seat. Yeah. They probably drank a lot more than you ever did. You're not you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just oh yeah. The big yeah. why, you know? Yeah. 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 No. That, yeah. So I went to, and I'm telling you, I loved me because I felt, this is the thing. I look back, I'm like, why did I love AA so much? A lot of these people don't like, because I felt safe here. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel that. I don't remember ever feeling that ever my entire life. But when I was here, when I was at the meeting, I felt safe. And I nothing's happening it. for an hour. 
Yeah, no, dude, you're in with people that are just like me. I can say these people are talking about fear openly. Right. You don't talk about fear where I come from. You don't Mm-mm. even you never show or admit or even suggest that you're afraid of anything. And mm-hmm. here are these people are just really talking about it. They're not being judged or 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 taken out in the parking lot or, or There's anything. one fear. There's one fear that everyone talks about. Cops. Yes, 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 yes. We all got that one. Yes. That's, that's right. openly discussed. Yes. Because you're taught, you're given you were given yes. a set of skills, a very specific set of skills. The set yes. of skills is this is how we deal with the police. Yes, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. You're right. Yep. So, yeah. so, so anyways, no, that's perfect. That made me think of when I was first dating my 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 now wife. Wow, she was, she, she's normal as can be, right? She grew sure. up not much, not much trouble, not at all. So we were we're at the park, um, we're just like first date, and we're at the park, and and the park closes when the sun goes down. So the cops just go through and make sure everybody gets out of there. They're not they're not there to arrest anybody or anything. Just make sure, hey, it's time to go home. Mm-hmm. Well, I see cops and I get up. We're sitting on the thing. I see cops. I get up. I'm running. And and she's like way back. I'm like, what is she stupid? And I run back. I'm like, what are you doing? The five O's here. Let's go. And she's like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? And the cop came and he's like, you guys gotta leave. And I'm like. <laughs> put your, for, for the listener, he just put his hands above his head, behind his back. Like, the people that didn't get to see that. <laughs> You're right, 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 yeah, right. Totally different relationship so, with the police than my yes, wife did. Yeah, but um, so, but anyways, yeah, so I went. I went to tons of meetings. There on Saturday in Buffalo, you can go to you can go to eight meetings on Saturday, and I often did. Yeah, just for me to meet. Because what would happen was I felt safe when I was with you, and then. You guys would all disperse, and you go to your jobs, your families, or whatever you guys are doing. And I'd be sitting there, and the longer, I, see, as much as I fell in love with the effects produced by alcohol, I couldn't stand the effects produced by just not drinking. It was, yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Did you ever have this experience at a meeting? Did you ever have a moment of quietness in your thoughts at a meeting? Because I remember I'd never even, I, I hadn't had that since I was a kid and I was at a meeting yeah. and all of a sudden I was like, for about three minutes, my brain didn't race. Yeah. I like yeah. that effect produced yes. by being around other alcoholics. Yes. I've been yes. chasing the shit out of that one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No doubt. I love, I love being around you guys, but I couldn't mm-hmm. figure out, you guys wouldn't let me move in. <laughs> gotcha you know i couldn't always be so i didn't what i didn't realize is i wasn't really treating the problem by coming to meeting it gave me relief but it didn't relief. give me freedom yeah it was tylenol yeah it's all it was it wasn't it wasn't really the surgery i needed right it was just giving me that relief it wasn't bringing mm-hmm. me all the way to freedom which is what i need. i wasn't really treating you were treating a symptom you were treating a symptom that's it yeah 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 Racy so, thoughts, blah blah blah. Yeah. So, man, I I just did that until I couldn't do it anymore. I would stay sober until I couldn't stand sobriety, and I drink until I couldn't stand drinking, and I'd stay sober until I couldn't stand sobriety, and I drink until I couldn't stand drinking, and and it got to the point where I I came back and um and I was about and I last I last about anywhere between two and three months, and then I I can't do sobriety anymore. Mm-hmm. And and I was coming up on that two or three months, and I didn't want to drink, and I didn't want to stay sober. I'm at that 
their book talks about jumping, jumping off, off place. place. I couldn't picture life the loneliness without. like no other man knows. That's where I was at, man. And I, I want. That's to kill the myself. worst, dude. That's the worst when you can't it's drink, but you can't not drink. It's literally hell. It's literally because you're like the people out there in the streets don't want you drinking no more. Yep. You can't like party with them. You've been no, labeled as like a rehab over. boy and or whatever. And the people in the meeting who you kind of look up to, it's like. But when you're drinking, you like feel like you're letting them down or something. It's yeah. like fucking horrible. Yeah, it's awful. It's a hell. Yeah. It's literally a hell of a spot. Yeah. So I'm going to meetings in this condition, and um, man, this is funny. So I so I'm at this meeting. I've never seen this guy before. Big guy. He's got one one eye's messed up. And and I spout out at at the meeting. I think I'm, you know, Mister Mister A means I got all the good stuff yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands up. And, and he goes, he goes, uh, he goes, hey, you got a second after the meeting? And I thought, man, I I said something to help this little one eyed guy, man. That's cool. I'll, I'll stick around for, with him afterwards, you know. And so everybody clears out. He waits till everybody was gone. I'm thinking, man, what's this guy got to drop on me? And then I go, yeah. How can I help you? He goes, how can you help me? He goes, well, I'm glad you asked. Because I was listening to you talk at the, at the meeting, and man, and he took his big book, and he goes, I can't find anything that you said in this book at all. And I figured since you said it here, and he gave me the book, he said, point out to me where, where you're getting that from our literature, from our basic text. And I was pissed, man. I was about to knock this guy. I mean, I was fuming. Yeah. He, saw, he saw me get angry. And he goes, whoa, whoa. He goes, man, he goes, you got to understand something. I'm not here to put you on blast. I'm not here to, to make you angry. He goes, he goes, I just understand what it's like to not drink and not do anything else. And he goes, correct me if I'm wrong. You're awfully depressed. You have a hard time getting out of, out of bed in the morning. You're doing things to people to hurt them that you don't want to do, and you've got no no reason for doing it. And he just started describing untreated alcoholism. Then he had me turn to page 52 where the bedevilments are and read them out loud. And he goes, I, he goes, does that describe you? It described me to a T. And he goes, he goes, see, that's why. He goes, because if you're not talking about what's in this book, that means you don't know what's in that book. And if you don't know what's in it, it means you're not living it. And if you're not living it, it means you've got untreated alcoholism and you're just waiting to, to feed the pit bull or to, to, you know, to kill yourself or to drink again. And he goes, I know I was there. And so I, now I'm like, I, it's like it's like that first time I was 12 stepped in the car, right? But now it's in sobriety. Yeah, he's, grace now alert. he's describing untreated alcoholism mm -hmm. to me. And I didn't even realize that was a thing. And I'm like, well, what, what do I got to do? And he's like, he's like, oh, good. I'm glad you asked. He goes, you're going to be at my house on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and we're going to sit down and we're going to go through the work in the in the in the big book. And so that's what I started to do, man. I just you were willing. Showing. You were willing. He hit you. He got you. It was perfect timing, man. God's timing is never sick. It's always perfect, man. So cool. Always. It's yeah. really cool. It is yeah. really cool. Yeah. Is, yeah. yeah. So then I took the 12 steps, man. And yeah, that was, that was a wild thing. It started with me and him and exactly what happened. The big book says it's going to happen. It was me and him and me, him and another guy. And then we grabbed a couple guys and it was me, him and a couple other guys. And then there was 10 of us and then 15 of us. Next thing you know, he had to move back to Rochester. So he plants in Rochester. We plant in Buffalo. Now there's a group in Buffalo. There's a group in Rochester. And one of those guys moves to Syracuse. He plants in Syracuse. Now there's a group in Buffalo and Rochester and Syracuse. So we're all big book thumping maniacs, man. I mean, it mm -hmm. was just, it was just like this. It's from mm -hmm. like wildflower. Mm -hmm. it, wildfire it was awesome. 
was awesome to be a part of. And there was some problems with all that. We were super sure, sure, rigid sure. and sure, 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 and, sure, and all that stuff. But man, I look back on those days with great fondness. Man, it was a lot of fun. Is that your sobriety date? That so that's my sobriety. So that's November what's your sobriety 1st, date? November first, nineteen ninety seven. Fucking incredible, bro. Yeah. No yep. way. Yep. Unbelievable. Yep. And you haven't found yep. it necessary. You have not found it necessary to take a drink since November 1st, 1997, bro? I haven't found it desirable or wanted to take a drink. I mean, I've had drinking thoughts, drinking yeah, yeah, dreams. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Never have I Come said on. to myself, I want to drink ever. Since since taking the steps in this book, being introduced to that power. So, the God did for me what I couldn't do for myself, which give give me a new heart, make me a new person, a new. I went from a guy who couldn't stop drinking to a guy yeah. that wouldn't drink if I could. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. So. So, wow. Um, we're getting. There's all sorts of things I want to talk about. Um, I'm just like that was that was cool to me. So how do you get down here to the Hudson Valley? So the, God, I mean, everything's been about God since then, right? So let me tell you this real quick, because I think I think what ties it all together is this. So when I was at, when I was homeless, I robbed, and I told you I robbed that woman's purse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was a bad scene. It got she hung on. Most people just let go. They're scared. They scream. They let go. She didn't let go, and I was yanking on her purse, and she was coming with me. And I spanked her head on the concrete a couple times. I know her hip hit super hard, um, and she just didn't let go. Mm -hmm. And so she physically got messed up from that event. So I'm in in jail. Obviously, I go to court for this. uh, And I stand in front of the judge, yada, yada, yada. I get back into the chain gang. And as I'm getting led back into what they call the fishbowl, her lawyer came over and said, excuse me, I want to talk to you for a second. And I said, so. And she said, my client wants me to let you know. And here I'm ready for, she's got a grandson that's looking for you or waiting for you to get out or there's going to be some retaliation or revenge. It's not what she said. She said, I want you to know that my client is praying for you. Get the, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. It wrecked me, dude. It wrecked me. I can't tell you how many nights in my cell I sat there wondering what the hell that meant. What does that mean? What does it mean? It was so foreign to my worldview and my life. Another way of saying it, which means the exact same thing, is, hey, you see that sweet little lady over over there? She forgives you. Yeah. Yep. What? Mercy. Grace. Right. for me. So now we get to amends. Now I'm with this guy. Got to make amends. And I said, uh, I'm still on parole. And I said to my parole officer, I've got to go make amends to this woman. And he's like, no, you can't because she's got a restraining order. It's against the law for you to be with her. And I was like, yeah, well, my sponsor says I got to make amends. And so I got to make amends. And I don't care about your laws. And, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and then my sponsor reprimanded me. He's like, don't ever talk to your parole officer. That's not the way it works. Huh? <laughs> so the book gives us permission to write a letter where we can't make direct amends. I didn't know that. <laughs> so, so I said, well, can I write her a letter to my parole officer? He says, as long as I read it and there's nothing in there that's you know gonna hurt her then yes so i write this letter making this amends but in the letter i said listen 
I was told that you were praying for me um, when I was in jail. And I said, and I got to, I got to thank you because your prayers have been answered. I've met these men who have taken me in and shown me this new way of life. And I've, and I've come to know God as, as part of this process and just all this stuff because, because of her prayers, I let her know. And she was, um, so I, I give the pro officer to the, uh, by the of the pro officer, the pro officer brings it to her. This is crazy. She opens it. He stands there while she reads it. She's reading it silently. It starts shaking and then falls to the ground and starts weeping. Her husband came over and picked the letter up out of her hand, then read it and was nodding his head and said to the pro officer, she's okay. She, he said, we have recently gone something which has severely tried our faith. And this letter has just um, restored it tenfold. Wow. Yeah. And so my friend calls God the great recycler. And you think about this tragic situation that happened. And then a few months later, God changes it, redeems it, renews it, and uses it to bless these people. It's just it's just what God does, man. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Unbelievable. So, yeah. I always got to tell that story. I know it was a little bit out of what we were talking about. but that's... No, it's not. Because actually, if you want to know the seat, I always have baked into my silly, keen, alcoholic mind a reason why I want to bring somebody on something that I think that a particular person might be able to offer some kind of conversation. So the conversation, so what happened was is the other day I'm on your Facebook, right? I'm not on, I'm on Facebook. I'm not right, particularly, right, right, right. you posted a sermon that you had did. Now I didn't watch the whole thing. I'm not going to, I'm not going to yeah. say that I did, but I was blown away. I'm like, I didn't know Jake was into the, like, I knew you were into, I knew you were a spiritual person. Right. But you're in a Christian setting. Yeah. I'm a pastor. Talking about Christ. See, for, yeah. all right, well, I didn't know you were a pastor. I'd like yeah. to know. And I said to myself, uh, how do I put it? How can I have an honest conversation with another alcoholic about how Christianity has helped them in their life that's not demeaning to them, offensive to anybody, but how can I ask somebody and have a conversation about how how do you use Christianity and your spirituality as an alcoholic? Yeah. Because I do think that there are um, there's negative messaging around Christianity. Yeah. A lot of people are very uh, yeah. put off by it. Yeah. For for me myself, um, I don't care to comment on the supernatural aspect of any of it or the mythological aspect of any of it, but I want to know how you as a human being bring it into your recovery or even into your life, how has being a Christian affected or helped you? Yeah. Is that conversation possible without setting off everybody's bleh, oh man, yeah, I mean, it's like anything else, a lot of it is is misconception and old ideas. It's like anything else, whenever I have, so in our big book says, listen, we need to let that stuff go and have approach these things like what you're talking about, which is an open mind, in a rational manner. Yes, yes, and 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 furthermore, to be quick to see where these people are, right? Um, 
And, yeah. and, and so, no, I think so. I love having the conversation. I don't shy away from my faith. Obviously you said, you know, I don't go running around telling everybody they need Jesus or anything like that. But I didn't know till this moment that you were a pastor. Yeah, no, it's never. Now, if you would have said, Hey, what's your, I would have told you, I would have no problem. Sure, telling you. sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But so for me, that's um, part of, Part of all of that when I met that guy, and so the third in the third step, I actually um, said that prayer to Christ. It was the first time I ever prayed to Christ. So some of that stuff again, God was setting up in the background, leading up to that. The Baptist in the in the um, mm-hmm. in the jail, me reading the Bible because I'm bored and liking the story, um, and then my first sponsor uh, that 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 drove cut me off and got me in the car. Um, who, by the way, was gunned down last year in Niagara Falls. He was killed in his truck. He, he brought me into this thing. I've enjoyed this spectacular, amazing life for all these years. I'm sorry and about that, by the he way. He went back That's out horrible. and just never, could never find it. And yeah. He was gunned down in active alcoholism? Yeah. Yeah. And he died alone. Like, I was desperately trying to reach out, figure out, man, there's a funeral or some kind of some kind of something and there was there was literally oh, nobody he was found in his truck in a truck <clears throat> somebody wow. called the cops his truck's been there forever the cops approached the truck he was just laying there with bullet holes in him yeah yeah it's incredible but he he was a church goer um and so he would drag me to church on sunday sundays and i say drag it's not like i was taking mm-hmm. a train um you're newly sober. It's, you're doing anything. Yeah, I do sure, anything. Sure, sure, yeah. 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 What the hell? I'll yeah. show up to a church. I'll show up to, a, you know, anything. It could have been a seance. It could have been whatever. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. So alcohol tells me to go. I just follow. Go. Monkey see, monkey do. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And so not, but none of it was like, I mean, I started to hear more about Jesus, but I, you know, I wasn't a Christian or wasn't anti-Christian, wasn't pro-Christian. I just, mm-hmm. I just didn't, you know, um, so in the third, the third, the third stop, I actually prayed to cry. I prayed the third step prayer to Jesus. And man, I'm telling you, uh, I struggle with it because I don't know how to adequately, adequately put it into words. The best I can do is to tell you that I, it felt like when I was on saying that prayer, it felt like something was lifting out of me. Like this massive weight was just rushing up out of me. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. there was this warmth and, and uh, good feeling and love and something coming into me simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how long it lasted. Um, It felt like for minutes, I don't know. Um, And then it was over. And I felt different, and I did. Reminds me of my experience with the fist step. Yeah, similar. Very, sim- very, sim- very similar. Very similar. It was one of the our book talks about the fist step. Is like, you know, uh, we had spiritual ideas, but now we're starting to have a spiritual experience. Yeah, something like yes. that. Yeah, something exactly. that might not be exact. Yeah, yeah, right. no, exactly. Yeah. That was your experience with a third step, making third, a decision. Making a decision. We're allowed to pick anything as a higher power. Right, the book's yeah. very open-minded. Any yeah. conception of God, yeah. But for some reason, and I don't have an opinion on this. I'm just s- yeah. s- anecdotally, 
when yep. people pick Jesus as a higher power, you get the tuts in the yeah. room. You get the people yeah. like tugging oh, yeah. at you. Like you get yeah, the like yeah. the you know, it's like it's like yeah. well, what the, what the heck? Go ahead. Yeah. That's a higher power of your understanding. So anyways. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So and it, listen, in the past few years has not helped Christianity. I mean say what you want, pro or in favor of Trump. He has hurt the Christian view as far as like because a lot of people don't like Trump, especially up in the Northeast. And Trump like touted himself as a Christian and so the two get tied. And I can tell you firsthand right. if Trump if Trump was coming to my church, I'd have him repentant left and right. Dude, he's not a good example of what a Christian right. he would be. And we do and listen and, and I do I, and listen, we do our best not to not to bring politics yes. into it. Yes. But you're just saying that the extreme right wing conservatism yes. has hurt the general spirituality of Christianity, in your opinion, yes, and in, in, in the view of what a Christian is, I talked mm-hmm. to a lot of people who are, like you said, bristle with antagonism towards Christianity, and I'll ask why, and they'll give me a lot of right wing talking points, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, but you know, Jesus is not a right winger, <laughs> like he's not a conservative, like it's not, it's not what Jesus no, is. No, um, not at all. I mean, you know. Um, that's what I'm saying. Leave the supernatural out of it. Yeah. But just going towards the spirituality of helping others, of yes. taking care of the poor, of yes. things that sound kind of like socialism or communism yeah. or yeah. just yeah. looking at, you know. So yeah. I, I heard one the other day, and it's and it's in the Muslim faith, and it was a saying that I love. And it's like... Uh, when you walk towards God, God runs towards you. It's nice. And yep. it reminded me of the saying in our literature where it's, um, in our literature we say, uh, God doesn't make too hard of terms with those who seek. Yeah. And right. we always talk about, um, me and my friends talk about the, the parable of the donkey in the summit. Yeah. So uh, when you get to the top, everyone's taking their donkeys up this massive hill to get to the top of the summit it's a it's a you know tremendous journey and trek and and your donkey might be uh you know jesus's teaching someone else's donkey might be the buddhist teaching someone else's donkey whatever but when you get to the summit everyone gets the fuck off the donkey yeah nobody cares what donkey you rode on right yeah so how do you use um what tools of Christianity do you use in your recovery? Oh, so that was, um, so that's what kind of like, so I had that experience and then I started, and I started wondering, was that, you know, question it, was that true? Even though there's tons of evidence that it really happened. And then I started questioning Christianity. So, cause then at this point I'm a truth seeker. I just want truth. I don't want to get bamboozled anymore. I don't want to live lies anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm hungry for truth. So I started to um, to investigate. I did what a lot of people don't do, which is I directly looked at Christianity and started asking tough questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I have, what what really brought me to faith was understanding that Christianity is true. And then that, not only that, but if you take Alcoholics Anonymous, the big book, the very principles of Alcoholics Anonymous, all of it is taken out of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, so really what was cool was I would, 
hear a sermon, talk to a Christian friend, read something in the Bible. And the more I understood the big book, the more I started going, wait a second, that's probably where they got this, or at least there's some direct correlation. So really, it's interesting because the most anti-Christian person in the whole world, if they're living the principles of the 12 stops, are actually living the principles that are laid out by Christ in the Bible. And many, and many, and many. Yeah, there's a lot of you. There's a Many faith through yes. They're you yes. truths yeah. if it's true. Yeah. If it is true, it should ring true universally. Yes. If it's love, it should be love. Yeah. Right? If it you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. It does, you know, so I I just find um that's my personal opinion. Yeah. If it's true, then it should ring universally true. So for so that's what I was so that's why I'm asking um in the present moment of today, what can what do you find from your faith that you use in staying sober and helping others? Man, I don't know if I can I just don't know if I can compare like I understand what you're asking. I don't know if I can compartmentalize it though like that. Right. I just, well then don't. Yeah, I think it's 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 just both in. It's it's all it's of both it. end. It's all up. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all up. And what what I like what the reason why the reason why I I'm an advocate for somebody to get involved in something beyond AA. Now I didn't say instead of AA or replace of AA. No, 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 but no. To no, go no, that no. step further is because AA is not designed to get into the to the deeper truths or well, it's or, kind of designed for not it's on- drinking it's an on-ramp right and you get this and that's <laughs> what it says. it's kind like of designed you, for not drinking one day at a time even right? in a step 11 it says, yeah. listen we're going to give you these set of questions and this yeah. is the beginning point yeah but then you're going to want to attend a synagogue a, a temple a church whatever something maybe to, it's martial arts or that. yoga or yeah. you're going to want so there's a line about uh, resting on your laurels, and yeah. I and I being Mister Truth Seeking, want to know what the heck they were talking about because I thought they were just talking about resting on uh, laurel. I thought laurels was your rear end. Yeah. Come to find out, laurels is past accomplishments. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that so in the eleventh step, it talks about not being complacent. Right. You don't do 10, 11, and 12 to maintain No, shit. to grow. Right. You want to grow. Yeah. Your spirituality yeah. needs to grow. Yeah. So do you do anything um, in terms of helping others? Oh, I mean, yeah. You're a pastor. So what's that like? That's what I want to get at. It's like, what's your yeah. spiritual... Your, who cares about staying sober? Day what's your spiritual life like yeah. is what so I'm curious about. What it, is the spiritual life like for Jake? That's what I'm curious about. Yeah, it's cool, man, because I found that... Um, that alcoholics and non-alcoholics are more alike than they are different. And I used to think there was like this vast, like, oh, we're so different. We're different where alcohol is concerned, right? I react differently to alcohol than somebody that's not an alcoholic. But like... I love that. They they have like... We're different where alcohol is concerned. Right. That's That's it. it. That's it. But you've got people out there where that they don't have that effect with alcohol, so they pick up overspending. They pick up gambling. They pick up 
misery. They pick up, they become Karens, right? They, they, <laughs> and it, it all stems from the same, it's a spiritual brokenness, right? That's, right. that's where it, and being so, separate from God the, being separate or whatever, from God. whatever, little G, whatever, you know, I yeah. don't want to, I yes. don't want to turn yeah, yeah. anyone off from their own path. Right. But it's being separate from. Right. So that's where, that's where it's cool for, for me as a pastor is I can, um, I can help people that aren't just alcoholics. So I'm working with people that are that are just they're not alcoholics, but they have the it's the same spiritual disconnect. Now, what's really cool too is that because because my because I come from the background of obviously alcoholism, drug addiction, all that, um, we actually just started a ministry. Just started kicked off on Thursday called Recovery Church, and what what that does is it gives people it's kind of a it's kind of a door or a bridge. Um, between twelve step fellowships and and church, so say you're say you're um, say you're in AA and you got the higher power thing, but you are you're getting to a step eleven and you're interested in and in go and pursuing something else or having questions about something, yeah. and 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 you're looking into Christianity. Man, I know for me a lot of times like people they're apprehensive to go on Sunday morning to a church, they're apprehensive to going to church. This is an opportunity for you to come and ask those questions, have those doubts, give me those those objections, or just come explore whatever wherever you're at. It's cool, it's safe here because it's a it's a community of people who understand and who are there. Or if you're somebody that's in um, Alcoholics Anonymous, you said it yourself, even a hint of Jesus, and you've just turned off the whole room. Well, here gives you an opportunity. You can come on Thursday night and openly talk about your recovery and your love of Jesus Christ, and nobody's gonna bristle or or push back or tell you you're breaking a tradition because you mentioned Jesus or right, or right, whatever right, else they right, might have right. experienced. And that's so why I wanted to have. Yeah, I just that that's so awesome. That is so awesome. That is so awesome. And you know what? If you're if you're sitting at home listening on your Spotify and 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 this part of the conversation frustrated you. That's okay. It's good to yeah. it feel that frustration, be in that yeah. moment. That's all right because you know what I mean, and that's your life experience, and that's fine. But I'm just so grateful that you and me had a chance to have this conversation and talk about what's going on. And um, your life is because if you listen to the first seven eighths of the conversation, you're a freaking miracle, brother. Yeah, your life has been filled with these. To me, if the dots are connecting, the dots are connecting, right? Right. Uh, and and I just watched all these dots. I mean, somehow we started talking about Wu Tang, and here you are quoting ODB at your first meeting. I don't know where right. that comes. From. I don't know where this. I don't know where this stuff comes from. But when the dots are connecting in my life, when my life has a flow, then I feel like I am not acting always on self will. Run right. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying I'm 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 not saying I'm in this God-centered perfect place. Yeah. But when I'm doing better to turn my will over, there's a little bit of a flow. It's like Siddhartha, the book Siddhartha, yeah. where he talks about getting in the canoe and going down the fucking yeah. river. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to paddle upstream anymore, brother. Yeah. No. No, and to me cuz again, and then to me that's where Christ comes in cuz I was I screw up, man. I mean, as a pastor, somebody sober 25 years, recovered alcoholic, all of it, I mess up. 
I mess up. I, I fall short. I lose my patience. I zig when I should have zagged, even when I know better. I mean, I do all the same thing everybody does. And where, where I get that comfort is that in Christ, it's not a performance-based um, relationship. Christ isn't saying, hey, do these things and I will be with you. He's saying, no, no, no. We, we I understand that you're broken, but I am, I am that fullness for you. I love you regardless of that. And you come into a relationship with me. It's not about do better. It's about experience that love mm-hmm. to the point where you begin to shed the things that were causing you trouble. You start to behave differently, not because of behavior modification or religious guilt or I just should, but because you're in this relationship where you, it's like, it's like, it's like, um, I don't cheat on my wife. Now, if you'd ask my wife, my, hey, her name's Kim. Kim, can I cheat on you? She'd say, no, that'd be one of her commandments, right? No, you can't cheat on me. I'm not yeah, giving hey, you that permission. Hey, right? yeah, don't do it. What a different marriage, though, it is if I'm sitting there going, man, I wish I could cheat on her, but I'm not going to because she told me not to, right? As opposed to, man, I love my wife so much, and I right. experience her love for here's me so truth. much that I yeah. don't want that I here's just, the Here's the universal truth to it all. And I, I've, I like, I've had a bunch of different higher powers. Some of them have been really stupid, Jake. My first higher power was me thinking. No, it's worse. It was me (laughs) thinking about the dude in the Big Lebowski sitting in his bathtub, smoking a roach clip with hash because you assholes told me that I could pick anything. So like that scene in Ghostbusters where he thinks of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, I thought of the most ridiculous thing. And I was like, all right. You said anything, so I'm picking something crazy, yeah. right? Because you said anything, you know what I mean. And now where I'm at in my in, in my recovery, and I've said this on the program before, is my and uh, actually I had a Hasidic guy on a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about God, yeah, and it was the same truths, right? His, his to him, God is giving, and he had no one to get. God had nothing to nobody to give, right? So God has nothing to do if he's got no one to give. And if there's not you to receive. And I said, well, my higher power is love, right? And so your higher power, you're talking about your relationship with your wife and Jesus and love. Yep. And it's one thing to just say, uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, I'm not cheating on her because it's her fucking deal. Don't cheat on me. Right. But you're saying, but when you approach the same exact situation with love, you know, it changes um, you. Love's powerful. Changes love is you. powerful, brother. Changes and, you. you know, and 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 to me, there's a universal truth between three guys, yeah. with a com- with three completely different views coming to the same conclusion. Yeah. His his thing, he um, Joe, <clears throat> was he said, when you give, you give. Yeah. You don't give. You don't. You give. Yeah. You know, and when you love, you love wholeheartedly. Yeah. It either comes from within or it doesn't. Right. You know what I'm yep. saying? Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, love changes everything. That's that's what we do on this thing of ours, man. We just love. Love on you. Yeah. And Am I welcome in your church? Absolutely. I'd yeah. like to visit. Is that cool? Yeah. 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 Oh, you, can come, you, you can come either Thursdays at 7, hit up our Get recovery church. Get out of here. Yeah, man, we'd love to have you. And we had, we had last week, we had, so right now, Sundays, on Sundays at 11, I've got one guy that attends, he's atheist, mm-hmm. attends every week. And Thursdays, I know for a fact it was two atheists there on Thursdays. Love mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So I mean, it's we're we're not we're not that bunch that's gonna we man you are you are where you are. No matter, I can't argue with you. I mean, it just is what it is. No, I don't I'm like our, uh, listen. If this tur- <laughs> if 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 at any point this had started to feel like an argument, no, that's not that. me. There's yeah, not, I'm not into that. If you want to argue about whatever, who the heck? I don't care. Like yeah. arguing's arguing. Like I'm just trying to stay right. sober a day at a time yeah. and help another alcoholic. No, you're you're welcome. You any of your listeners that are just curious or whatever, because I know there are. Listen, I know just like there's bad AA meetings. I don't want to oh, throw yeah. more AA because there's some bad meetings, right? Yeah, Same with are. churches. There's some bad churches, and and you probably had bad experiences in churches, and and I, that that resonates with me. I yeah. get it. Um, but what I'm saying is that we're we're going to be different. We're going to be a little bit different than probably what you've experienced. And if you're curious, I welcome you or any of your listeners to come check us out Thursdays at seven or Sundays at eleven. Sick, um, dude. Well, I and, think this yeah. is a. What do you think? I think this is a pretty awesome place to leave it. Yeah, man, I love it. Jake, thank you so much for coming on, and congratulations on your recovery and your positive message. And I look forward to seeing you out in the world and being your friend and. And Absolute you know, you yeah, know, thanks for having me. So cool, man. Love what you're so doing. So cool. Man. Awesome, brother. Thank you. All right. Hey, enjoy the beautiful soon. weather out there. Take some Claritin. That's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Later, man. Thanks. This now concludes another week edition of Garbage Head Fairy Tales. You have been listening to Billy Show Recovery Stories. Please send your emails to Willie or WebmastersData at WillieShowPodcast at gmail.com. Like and subscribe. Share this with your friends. Special shout out to everybody that helps me out with this thing. We absolutely love you guys. Please continue to like and subscribe. Share this show with your friends if there's something on here that you got a little bit of hope out of. Hope is hearing other people's experience. Share that hope with another human being. Love you guys. See you next week.